and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes five and six, yes, of Reply 1988. Yeah, and I am laughing about our pre-ramble. I'll put myself together. If you yeah, want to hear if you- Raquel's cute little jokes, go to our Patreon. <laughs> they keep me laughing. It's so funny. I, uh, yeah. If you want, yeah, if you want access to those, they're fun. We talk about ridiculous stuff b- for like 15 to 30 minutes before we <laughs> actually start the show. Um, today was a very normal 20 minute ramble. Uh, and I did have to just like push it over the edge into like weird, awkward joke territory right at the very end. Um, but yeah, that's that's if you subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, but the point was, the point of the joke was that this show is good and it makes you feel good. And I completely agree with that. It just gets you, like, when you're feeling bummed about something, it pulls you out of that and into this little world that's so perfect. It, I'm glad it helps but it also kind of makes me sad sometimes where I'm like, I want this. I want a little neighborhood where me and my friends can sometimes get together and drink and party and celebrate, but we can also just raise our families near each other. A bunch of kids, a bunch of dogs, a bunch of parties. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> I do too. I want a little neighborhood, like a little community, like a little... Commune. <laughs> a little commune, if you will. Is that too much to ask? Is that... It doesn't feel like it. It feels... No, I, I'll live in the half basement with three large dogs. That's fine. <laughs> Don't do it. It's tough. That's actually really tough. They're, I I live in a three-bedroom house, and I already feel like we're all living on top of each other, because those dogs are... They take a lot of space. Anyway, I do. I also want to live in a little community with all of my best friends. I, n- I love that even after Jung Han's family won the lottery, they didn't leave. They were like, we'll just get a bigger house in this neighborhood. Yeah, we'll just move upstairs. <laughs> so cute! Because they know, they know the true value of this neighborhood. Yeah, I loved that too. Because yeah, Jung, Jung Han was... He turned to his friend who just walked into the room when they found out they won the lottery, and he was like, we're moving. And we all knew that they didn't go far, but you know, there was a moment where I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't go far. But that was last week's episodes. Sorry, guys. Oh, I did want to say at the top, I didn't deserve quite the excitement that I put into it. I did want to say at the top. We decided, I think, last drama that we should probably address people by their three names instead of just Mm. their two names. And uh, we kind of dropped the ball on this drama. And honestly, I haven't taken good enough notes to know what each character's last name is. It's not listed on the Asian wiki. I don't know if that's what you're looking up. So we could go with their dad's last names, which I think is super cool. It's just the names of the actors. Like, all the parents didn't get character names. They're just the actors' names, which is... I think that's really neat. Um, But yeah, 
We don't have to go with three names for this drama because we're all friends here. We're all just 18-year-old kids. There doesn't need to be that level of formality. We're all just vibing. We're chilling. So it's going to be Jung-hwan instead of Kim Jung-hwan. Okay? Yep. And Dioksun instead of Sung Dioksun, which is a little bit of a tongue twister when you're me and your words <laughs> sometimes come out wrong. So we're really doing everyone a favor by dropping the last names. You're welcome. Hey. Hey. Just wanted to point out that I did forget for a long time, but I didn't forget forever. And we'll we'll pick it up next time if there's a more formal drama. Um, I wanted to say these two episodes, what's his name? Jungbong and Bo Ra. They shined. They were here. These were their episodes. Yeah. Um, Bo Ra went from being one of my least favorite characters to being my absolute favorite top-tier character. Wow! Um, I just... Here's the thing. I don't know what was going on politically. This is kind of, It's more like bonus episode territory, so maybe I'll look it up in the bonus episode. I should have probably just looked it up. I, I don't know what the protests... <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can absolutely... If you know it. I don't know what the protests were about, but I support a protest. Is that's kind of where I'm kind like always at, and maybe it's because of the political atmosphere of my own country here in the year 2023, where I'm seeing a lot of people protesting and getting similar treatment. Like the protesters that get bad treatment in the U.S. are usually the ones I agree with, because usually it's the ones that get treated right that are not good people, typically. Not always, but typically we're seeing the police tear gassing, like, people who are trying to end and protest systemic racism or women's rights to their their bodies, their reproductive health, people with uteruses' rights to reproductive health, um, you know, stuff like that. And then there's the other side of protesting where... Um, people show up with, like, automatic rifles to, like, drag brunches, and those people don't get tear-gassed. So, you know, I'm Team Bora in this situation, based on my own feelings about young- the youths who get tear-gassed when they're trying to, like, fight for rights, like, civil rights and, um, freedoms, so- I, I was, like, fully Team Bora. Maybe you're about to be like, no, they were wrong. No, you're they good. were the problem. No, you're right. Okay, cool. You're right. I stand by everything cool. you say, and you are, you're doing well. They were fighting for democracy. They wanted democratic reform in their government, and a lot of students died for it, and they got it. So it, apparently, student, this is probably more bonus episode stuff. I'll try and keep my rant short, but apparently student protests have a really long history in South Korea, and they are a very popular and useful, <laughs> powerful way to move the government and create changes that, that people want to see. So, like, that's just so rad to me that student movements have set, had such a long and incredibly moving history in South Korea. And so this is just one example. They still go on today. But yeah, this was one where students stood up to the government and said, we want better democracies. And they got them. Spoiler alert, they got them. 
Hell yeah. Okay, yep, Bora's the best. Bora said, I know exactly what's right. I'm not sorry. I will continue protesting. Um, the only thing that makes me sad is the way it's affecting my parents, but that won't stop me because democracy is important. Because they're old. (laughs) I like. They're old. Somebody tweeted, I should probably pull up who tweeted it, but I closed the tab. I'm sorry. It was somebody in Korea and the tweet was translated because it went super viral and it said that Reply 1988 is one of the best examples that they'd ever seen of these these protests being shown on TV and they walked such a fine line in this show of keeping it light and keeping it comical it's a very like black comedy it's very dark but they kept it in the comedy realm by having this juxtaposition of her dad saying I don't want you to get arrested and get, like, tortured for doing these protests. So I'm going to lock you up and not feed you and not give you anything to drink (laughs) for as many days as it takes until you (laughs) sign this confession. So it's, like, very funny in context in, like, a really dark way. But I just, I appreciated the tweet pointing out, like... It's hard to do. It's hard to show such a dark and serious topic without politicizing it, one, without making, like, the whole show be about the protests, and also without condemning it. Like, yeah, that's a fine line to walk anyways. And, and they did it. They did such a good job. They kept it true to Reply 1988 and the whole vibe while also being very respectful to, like, what these students did was very hard, and it changed our lives for the better. And, like, kudos to them. Here's a little joke for you. Hell yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm, I yeah, I'm grateful to hear about what the protests were about. And also that, I don't know, that they're so meaningful and that they matter. And, yeah, it just makes me really, really happy. I I feel like... Just hearing about that kind of reminded me of a movie that I think we... I might have only watched part of it. Like, maybe I was going to do a video review or something, or some kind of review of it for the podcast. And I didn't like it, but it also referenced the political vibe of the 80s and what was going on in South Korea. This show, just in general, does a really good job of of tossing nods to actual real life events that were happening in the year 1988 like the olympics the protests without making the show about like there's they're so good at setting the scene and being like this it was 1988 it's incredibly impressive yeah like they had through one of the episodes the tvs were constantly reporting on these five convicts who had escaped their prison transport and that didn't mean anything to Raquel and I, so I think we didn't mention it at all. But to somebody somewhere, they were like, I remember that. That was such a huge thing. My family was glued to the TV for those few yeah. days that those convicts had escaped. And it's, oh, okay. That reminded me, back to the protests, that was another thing that the person on Twitter explained that was done really well where the dad, Bora's dad, was from a district where, a district of Seoul, where a lot of student protesters in, like, a previous protest, I think, 
were killed, were like tortured and killed. So even though in the district they live in now, students were often supported by their parents for going to the protests, it was always like, as long as you're like not in the front lines, you can go and like be in the background and hold your signs or whatever. We support you. But this guy was like, I know what happens to those students on the front lines. I know what happens when things get really bad. So that's part of the reason why Bolra's dad was like freaked out by it. He was like, don't, you won't just get arrested. You could be killed for this. And I was like, that's something that I never would have known. But yeah, if you know the history of these protests in the different districts, that's even more meaningful. And this show was like, we've made mention that he's from a different part of town. You guys should know. You guys should keep up. But it's all these little tiny facts that they sprinkle in that if you can put them together, the show is so deep. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. They're so good at, like, bringing us into South Korea in 1988. I'm just so unbelievably impressed. I, yes. I love every minute of this show. Honestly, like, the episodes are so long and they fly by because it's so well paced as well. And they give us little... I was laughing my ass off about how... <laughs> Jung Hwan's whole family just become, like, the men just become <laughs> feral animals as soon as the mom leaves the house. Uh, <laughs> I think I got, oh, maybe this shows, like, my age and my personality in, like, a terrible light. I think I liked it as soon as they started cleaning up, like, hectic, rapid cleanup. Before that, I was like, if... You make this woman come home to her house destroyed. I will kill all of you. Yeah. But then balanced out with her wanting to feel needed. And so Juan just goes and sabotages (laughs) everything. And it was so messed up the way he grabbed his brother's hands and burned them. But also, nothing could Like, it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious, even though it was terrible that he... He immediately went warpath mode yes. of like, I will end everything in this household to make sure my mom knows that she is needed. <laughs> Just his poker face as he stares into her eyes and she's like, your shorts are right here. Are you blind? And he just looks her dead in the eyes like, I guess. Sorry, mom. And you're like, what? why are you like this? here's the thing they have done something terrible where they have sold me on Jung Hwan they've fully sold me and I I thought it was a love triangle between him and Sun Woo and Duck Sun and so I was I was fine with it I was fine with that because I was really excited for him to be the one yes and then they zagged on us <laughs> really hard. Don't do and this. And they they gave me the one person, the single person that would make this an impossible choice. <laughs> that would, I literally said last episode that we recorded, that the only thing that would change my mind about how this was going is if Take was in the love triangle, because I want that good boy to have everything 
that he has. I want him to only have good things and but happy I experiences. We were joking. I thought we were because jo- Take would never enter the love too. triangle, right? Yeah, because I I thought Take would. I thought Take maybe had a small crush, but for the most part, was just happy to be around his friends. You know, because they they winked at him thinking she was pretty, and she's made the um. You need to become my husband joke, and so it just felt like, ah, okay, it's not gonna be Take, though, because Take isn't really comfortable with this. And then they, and then they did it. Play on K will be right back. Hey listeners, I just wanted to hop in and tell you about our new affiliate, Soulbox. It's a subscription box where you get snacks and things straight from Korea. We're so excited to be affiliated with them now. If you're looking for additional ways to support our little podcast, then go to playonk.com slash affiliates and look for Soulbox and buy through our link. Okay, back to the show. He asked her on a date, guys. And I I want it to happen, except I now ship Jung Hwan and Duck Sun. This is so messed up. I will say, I will say, maybe this will help. I felt just the tiniest bit out of love with Jung Hwan when he laughed at her yes. tears. And I was like, that's I a toxic was- move, bro. You can't laugh at her crying over Sunwoo. I know why you're doing it. But you just, you can't. Yeah. You can't laugh at the I- person you like being so sad. I think there was a part of me that kind of interpreted it as when he got his face slammed in by the door, that oh. he was just kind of so relieved that he couldn't really feel it, but he was like, what a situation, like, what a wild turn this just took, because he was giving up. He yes. was giving up all hope. Um, so I I did interpret it a little less of him laughing directly at her tears and her oh, pain, and more him just, like, standing there kind of manically, like, bleeding from his nose and <laughs> feeling like maybe things are looking up. Oh, but I wanted him to just have a flaw so that I didn't love him so much. Yeah, sorry. I shouldn't have taken... I Let's think about it your way until... <laughs> because now we have to ship take because it's take, so... It's take. Yeah. And the also the thing is, though, that in the future interview where it's Dioksun just talking to the camera... And then every once in a while, her her unnamed husband comes in. It he acts ex- exactly like Jun Huang. It's Jun Huang, like exactly hundred percent. It is, except that the only person they reasonably could have put in there and been like, yeah, he's kind of quiet though. He's like kind of a quieter guy. Is take like he's the only person that I would have also believed because it definitely wasn't Sun Wu. It def- yeah. it was one hundred percent, but. Even still, like, even the small argument we could make that it is take, he acts exactly like Jung Hwan. He acts so... He is adult Jung Hwan. Like we said, that is a broken Sun Woo. And I, I yeah. stand by that is a broken take. That is an <laughs> unhappy young man. Like, he was always... Er, in in the younger version, takes always very quiet and shy. But he's usually mm-hmm. fairly either calm or... Or happy. Those are kind yeah. of the two emotions we see most. And Jung Han's usually like that grumpy calm. And yeah. If, yeah, that's the version that we see of the husband. It's like this pretty grumpy calm guy until they start bickering. But yeah, 
these adult actors are doing such an incredible job. Like, the woman who plays Duck Son is exactly like Duck Son. It's like Duck Son never grew up. You're like, yes. these, these two women are playing the exact same character at the exact same age. It is incredible. Immaculate. And if that is Jung, Jung Hwan, then that's like exactly the same thing. These two dudes are playing the same character the same way. And I will be a little bit upset if they're going to try and sell us on this dude's anyone but Jung Hwan. Because they just seem exactly alike. Yep. That he is playing Jung, Jung Hwan. 100%. 100%. But I don't know. Because take. Good boy, take. I don't know. They've, I they've actually. They've wrecked me because this is the only love triangle that is an impossible choice. <laughs> where they have, up until now, really gotten me attached to the idea of uh, Dioksun and Jung-Hwan. And then all of a sudden they zagged on us and they were like, but what if Take's heart gets broken? And I said, I said what I said and I meant it. I don't want that good boy to ever be sad. Ever again. He should only have happy moments. He should only have happiness. <laughs> It's it's hard because part of me is like take only knows one woman who is his age. He's yeah. only ever spoken to one girl. So I it's ship it time. a little bit. I ship it in that I want take to be happy and have a cute girlfriend and I love Doxan. She is adorable and flawless and they would be a cute couple, but there is I think just because the show keeps showing us future Jung Hwan, very clearly Jung Hwan, it just makes me be like, what's the point? Yeah, don't break Take's heart. Just let him find love elsewhere. Let him meet one other young woman. Number two, lucky number two, will be his forever. Yeah. <gasps> I don't want this. I don't want to watch her take date and then break up so that she can be with Jung Hwan. Yeah. I just, it's too sad. It's too, it's too sad. sad for the good boy. Our big winner, our sweet, sweet boy who went through the trials of hell this last episode. <laughs> to, to win it, go. Do you, sorry, I do have a question. What um, streaming service are you watching Reply 1988 on? Vicky. Ah, I'm watching it on Netflix, and I think that that's why, does Vicky translate Go as Baduk, yeah. which I'm sure is what they refer to it in, in South Korea. That's why I keep calling it Go, is um, Netflix translates it to either Go or Go Game, which, like, is a little weird that it's Go Game, because, like, Go is the... Go is what I knew it as before um, watching Reply 1988, and then I was aware that, it, like, it has different names depending on what, I don't know, who who's... Who's referring to it and what language they're referring to it in? But yeah, in, that. in so I I was thinking about that when they kept on translating it as Go Game, and I was like, but like I kept thinking about how you you were referring to it the same way that they do if like you listen to them and not like read it, and I was like, man, Emily is just like on top of. <laughs> her shit and i'm out here not <laughs> i'm just calling it go game because that's what netflix does and i don't i didn't even call it that before no yeah it's nope. just based on what streaming service we're watching it on yeah vicky i really like the way that vicky translators translate things 
where every once in a while they'll just be like, we're not going to translate this. You're going to get the Korean word. Like in peak time, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, they'll just say daebak instead of yes. translating it. And I didn't even register that until eventually my husband was like, what is daebak? And I was like, oh, I think it's super cool that Vicky just like forces you that the Vicky translators like force you to learn a little bit of Korean by being like, we're just going to write uni, like yes. instead of older sister, because nobody refers to someone as older sister, but they will say like nuna or uni. And like, yes. then you learn it by just, by just reading the subtitles that aren't translated. That same thing happened with me when I was watching Peak Time with my friend when I went to visit him in Boston. And they refer to each other as youngs, like their older brothers, you know, their their older counterparts in their groups. Uh, and at one point, he was like, what is young? Like, what is young? And what? I was like, oh, it's well that and then like, I think I even unthinkingly said something like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm just a Nuna out here and I'm, I'm real protective of these boys because I'm I, <laughs> like, and he was like, he just looked at me and I had to explain what I meant by that and how in it, like in the language you get just by watching stuff like this. And yeah, I do love that the Vicky translators said, yeah, and we're going to give you credit for the fact that you've already learned this, right? Or like, it, it is like forcing you to learn, but also it's giving you credit that it would be weird for me now if they were translating Hyung as big brother or Nuna as older sister. That would, I would feel almost insulted, right? Where I'm like, give me credit. I know what it is. It's, yeah. it's not really translatable. It wouldn't make sense translated. Can I ask you, in the scene where, um, I always forget his name, Jungbom, in the scene where Jungbom is talking to the students and he's getting them to stop smoking, he's like, I'm not an ajishi, and they keep calling him ajishi. Did it translate that, or did it just say ajishi? Uh, I think it's, I don't remember now. I, do, I honestly don't remember. Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, I'm not a mister. I'm yeah. a young man. Yeah, or like, I'm not a grandpa. Don't refer to me as grandpa, or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember. I'll actually have to go back and watch it and see what they said, because uh, it doesn't translate. It, well, whenever um, Sun Wu referred to Bora as, as Nuna, it just translated it as her name. Mm-hmm. It was just I've Bora. noticed that. It kind of bumps me out, which I know yeah. is dumb. But I like the intimacy of being like, here are the things that people call each other that aren't their names. Mm -hmm. And that shows, yeah, some level of intimacy between these characters that you just don't get in the translated versions. We'll just say they call each other by names. Like sometimes they put ah or like maybe something else. But I remember ah, like Jinju ah is Mm -hmm. like my sweet little Jinju. Yeah. At the end of somebody's name to indicate, like, yeah, you are a special person to me. And they just cut that out at Netflix. They're just like, we can't translate all the emotional baggage that comes with calling someone Nuna. Because he's not calling her older sister. That's not the same vibe. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, and she, I know she is usually put after, like, it's kind of a ter- kind of a term of affection as well. Like, um. Oh, really? I thought it was like san in Japanese, where it's more formal. But I know, like, couples I, use it with each other. Yeah, so it's like, I, I noticed it more with love and contract that they would put she at the end of each other's names when they refer to each other. I don't notice it as much here. No. Nobody uses formalities. No. But yeah, I need to look that one up, because I always thought of it as, yeah, similar to Japanese san, where it's like a very respectful way to refer to someone. Not necessarily cold, because yeah, I feel like a lot of couples in K-dramas use it. But it could be the opposite. It could be like you said, where it's like, no, it's like one step in the warm direction. It means they're one step closer. Like you'd call your co-workers or a person that you're casually dating, or, like, you're, you're probably not your friends. These people you'd call she. Yeah. Welcome to our very bad Korean lesson yeah. where we're trying to figure out God, what Korean There's not mean. an ounce of this that should ever be taken as, and today I learned, because you have learned <laughs> nothing from... If you learned anything, it's that we can't teach you. <laughs> we can't. And probably we're unteachable as well. Yeah, two absolutely. Things, two things you've learned. It's, it's been six, almost seven. Has it almost been seven years that we've been... Uh, almost six years. I think it's almost six. Almost six. In June, it will be six years that we have been doing this and watching K-dramas constantly. And we're proud of ourselves, patting ourselves on the back for the Nuna. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us go. Look at us go. Freaking... We learned yeah. six words over six years. What a path that we're on. What a path. We're doing great. We're doing great. Are we supposed to talk about the drama now? Yeah, and we have talked very... So, okay, we've covered the protests, we've covered Bora, we've covered the romance. I'm sure there's more to cover, though. I'm sure we've got more. We covered the mom leaving, which was oh, yep. a big part of it. That was a very mom-heavy episode, which I loved. Um, I loved that. I loved also that they mentioned in the interview portion, the narrator portion at the end, that a sign of maturity is realizing everything your mom does for you. And when you want your mom to feel loved, letting her know that you still need her. And it was just, it was very emotional. (laughs) They got me. I wanted to immediately call my mom. I, I will probably call her after this. I talked to my mom for an hour and a half yesterday just because she was driving home Aww. from some from northern Utah to southern Utah, and I, I've already gotten an hour and a half in, and this episode <laughs> said, call her again, get another hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> because they deserve it, because they've done everything for us. Yep. Moms are the best. Moms are the best, and this show gets it. I think you fell in love with Bora for the protests. I fell in love with Bora when she gave Sunwoo's mom a ride, and I was like, "Yes, of course, he's in love with her forever." Did you see her Obviously. in the middle of the night be like, "I'm gonna drive you to your six-year-old child in the hospital"? Of course, that's what I'm gonna do. Perfect. Yeah, Bora's a good person. Bora is terrifying, but Bora is a good person. So cute. Yeah, it made me... I think I'm still frustrated with how she yells at her sister, but <laughs> I, yeah. I've fallen for her. 
in every other yeah. way. I do. I am still a little bit of the mind that we're often seeing Boron narrated by Dioxon. That's fair. I I still think that she's a she absolutely terrorizes her sister <laughs> in ways that are really messed up. But I I almost feel like maybe she's not as bad as we see her as because we have like a somewhat unreliable narrator, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe we're supposed to view this as a completely reliable account of how everyone was. I would say you're right, because when we get Sun Wu's perspective, she's like a lot more smiley and a lot more giving and very, yeah, generous with her time and her abilities. Like, she's not a completely different character. She's still very much the Bora that we've seen, but she's got a lot more sweet moments in the little montage that Sun Wu made for her than in the rest of the show, which seems to be Duck Sun's recollection of 1988. Yeah. So I think you've got a point. Yeah. Like, we we sometimes see the correct um, version of her, or, or the version of her from someone else's perspective, but we're most often seeing her from Duck Sun's perspective. And Dexon is not a fan because it's her <laughs> older sister. <laughs> oh, can I say I feel like Dexon and my life have some interesting parallels. And one is that our first love fell in love with our older sisters. <laughs> and that hurt. Oh, no. I, I'm so glad that we were bringing this up because I actually had the thought. I wonder if that was an, ever an issue for Emily and her sister because I don't have a sister and I think I would resent it because I just imagine she would be prettier than I am and everyone would love her. I just decided that. That's it's, insane. Yeah, it's true for me. So <laughs> No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I knew your sister first. But I fell in love with you, so... Yes, I got one. Anyway, I think Annie's a great older sister, because she's not... Like, we're both shy, but in very different ways. And mm -hmm. uh, I think she's shy in the way that she's, like, very cool about it. Where she's like, I don't care if people like me or get to know me. I'm very particular about who I spend time with. And... I have this deep-seated need for affection from everybody, <laughs> so I'm shy, but I, like, have to try to be loved. And I think that that difference has made it very easy to be like, I'll just bring in all the people, and they'll like you peripherally, and you'll hang out with them as well, but they don't, like, then leave me for my sister, you know? Yeah. It works. Yeah, I... I knew Annie, because Annie and I were in the same grade in in school, and we had several classes together, and I knew Annie first, and I liked Annie, and I, I still like Annie. I think Annie's <laughs> the best. But uh, I did not enter into the friendship with your family until I met you, and then I was like, ah, this this my person. Yeah. This my person. This my person. <laughs> this is the real, this is the real connection. Jason was cool, but he was just the appetizer. And then I met He Raquel. was the appetizer. <laughs> this my person. That was my person. <laughs> oh, thanks, Raquel. All I really wanted was to make this story about me 
and I how in love you could and talk I about are. you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about you forever. So me and Mikel are dating now, and it's going great. It's going great. <laughs> We're completely in love. <laughs> we are. Um, but yeah, you know my sister, and we never really. Mm-hmm. I had to fight over boys. That's not a thing that we did. But I liked a guy for a while, and he liked me back for a while. And then one day he was like, I like your sister. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. That makes me sad. Devastation. Devastation station. Here I come. And um, <laughs> that's how my first love ended. It's okay, though. So relatable. A relatable moment. Yeah, it was much and less heartrending than Doxon's yeah, first love. I feel like it helps that your sister doesn't torture you. Yeah. So. And she wasn't, like, she didn't care. So, like, maybe Doxon will be comforted if Bora was like, mm, pass. Pass, my guy. Yeah. Like, it would be hard if her sister started dating the the first love that she ever had. Yeah, that would be a bit a bit more difficult. And at this point, she doesn't know, and we as viewers don't know exactly how that's going to play out. There's a solid chance that she's going to be like, Sunwoo, the little boy from across the street? No thanks, bro. Little tiny child? I'm not going to date a little <laughs> tiny boy. Thank you. No. Thank you. This car that I've been driving is my boyfriend's car. My dude. <laughs> I'm going to run you over. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't know. Like, it would be weird if they started dating, for sure. For sure. But we are left with a cliffhanger. We just got a shocked face, and that's... We have to make our inferences, which mine, based on experience, would be that the sister goes, cool, no thanks. Mm -hmm. Which would be a classic older sister thing to do if you find out that your younger sibling's friend has a crush on you. Yeah. It's hard when you're that age... I think after you graduate high school, and especially if you're, like, once you reach mid-20s, you start to not worry so much about, like, a two- or three-year gap. But if you're, like, I think a college student dating a high schooler is hard, which is Mm -hmm. also based on experience. My boyfriend, (laughs) now husband, was in college for one year while I was in high school, and he was very much, like, we're gonna not, we're not going to, like, little dances together. We're not doing high school stuff together. I can't, I can't bear that. That's too embarrassing. I really like you and we will date, but not around the high school. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys started dating when he was still in high school. I think that's also an important clarification. That's where (laughs) you guys are only a year apart and you started dating when you were both in high school. And that I... Because it is it is just a different situation if a high if someone is in college and God, I'm I'm like being really divisive with this but I do see like a problem with people who are in college saying my game is better if I if I play it with the high schoolers you know mm-hmm. like. Even a year out, even like a year apart, a year difference, there's just a part of me where I'm like, it's, you're dating someone with a different life structure, with different freedoms, with different ideas of what you're doing with your time. Like, there is just a difference there that I think is unsettling. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think the safest um, thing to do would be for Bora to say like, okay, definitely a no for now. We can circle back to this in a year. We're not going to wait for each other. We're not. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you to hold on to these feelings, but I want to very respectfully say no. Not forever. Not because I don't like you, but uh, probably not a good time. Not right now. Yeah. Bad timing, bro. Wait until the next snowfall. <laughs> next year for sure. Ask again, but also don't wait for me. I might start dating other people, and you probably should too. Yeah, that's not a bad thing to date more in your age range. Yeah, and and as you get older, yeah, like you said, that age range, that age difference is not a big deal. It's it's pretty much nothing as you get older because relativity and relative age and life experiences. I feel like I ruined your train of thought when you were like, I have a lot of similarities with Duxon. And I was like, let's go. Let's talk about <laughs> sisters. You, let's Emily, because about- I think you're freaking perfect. So it's hard to see <laughs> any similarities. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, oh no. Now I'm all <laughs> up here. Now my confidence is raised for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> god dang. Why do you have to derail the podcast like this? Now I'm going to be happy forever. <laughs> I hated it. I really hated it. Damn it. Damn it. No, it's good. <laughs> All I want is compliments forever. If I can just dig around and then just get complimented for five minutes, peak. I started this podcast with you so that I could just talk to you about you. Um, <laughs> I hope that that doesn't make you uncomfortable. It does not. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just narcissistic enough that that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly how I'd like to engage with people. <laughs> Oh, I just hope you know that I love you as much as you love me, because I'm not as good with words as you are. Um, I see, and that's a very nice thing to say to me. I would say of all of the characters, I relate the most to Jung Bong. So, oh no, I <laughs> he's obviously neurodivergent. Yeah, but <laughs> he can remember the most obscure facts. But doesn't study super. I did also find Duxon's um, study habits very relatable, which is to say that I will spend one million years prepping to do a task um, and not actually do the actual task. I will buy the scheduler, like the planner, but I will not actually use it. I will buy the new (laughs) markers the highlighters to highlight my textbooks with. There's no way. I have never been a highlighter. I have never been a person (laughs) who goes through and takes the time to understand, like, the process of highlighting and margin notes. And I don't do those things, but I will will prep the space for that. I will get the books out. I will stack them largest to smallest. I will wipe down the desk. I will organize the markers. I will do it all except the actual task. Oh, so no. that is also very very relatable. But yeah, Jung Bong, Jung Bong and his uh, just general vibe of having one million facts and one million hyper-focuses and interests except the things that will help him in life, so relatable to me. So unbelievably okay. relatable. I see that. I see that. I think when I think of Jung Bong, sometimes I very unfairly think of him having a big bowl of rice and topping it with mayonnaise, butter, and sugar, and just mixing that, that all was, together. That was obscene. <laughs> that was so... I don't know, because I just... 
I didn't. I can't. <laughs> I'm not religious, but I think that's blasphemy. Like, that's yeah. slapping God in the face right there. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't want to watch it. And it... Oh, it freaked me out a lot. It freaked me out a lot. Yeah, that I did not relate to, because I... But here's the thing. I have stuff that I eat that I know for a fact Jason finds completely repulsive. I know what you're referring to. (laughs) Yeah. I have a little concoction that I've done since I was a child that Jason, Emily's husband, since we were children, has, like, always been borderline angry about... (laughs) He condemns it for sure. He does. Yeah, he does not appreciate it. Uh, he It's not that he wants to stop me from having it or enjoying it. It's that he remembers. He remembers <laughs> that that's something I partake in and it is not good. Um, and then his mom got some for their baby when they were in town. And I remember being like, ah, a a conversion. I don't think that she actually ate it. It's like, I won't keep you guys on pins and needles. It's cottage cheese and applesauce, which I know is to others (laughs) an unholy concoction. I like it. It's fruit and cheese and the texture doesn't bother me. So... (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Eve ate any of it, but that's not to say not to say that she never will. She might yeah. someday. She might be into it. Oof. I've never tried it, but that's because the thought of the texture freaks me out, which is weird because yeah. I like both the things, so I'm sure I would like it just fine. Uh, when I was younger, I would also sometimes do cottage cheese and pears. That sounds really good. It's just, yeah, it's, it's delicious. It's the fruit and cheese. It's a it's a good mix. It's a good get. I'll stand by it. I think that's fair. I really liked cottage cheese when I was little. I haven't had it in a great many years, but I liked it a lot. I have. I also liked it a lot. Um, I haven't had it in a while as well. Um, I have not had my unholy concoction <laughs> in a while. Uh, I do have a favorite brand, though. It's funny. Oh. It's just, it's like an off-brand. It's Kroger brand. Okay. Kroger has really good textured cottage cheese. Yes, they do. But I always ate it with chips. Like a Oh, a yes. That was really good, too, though. Yeah, like um, the cheddar sour cream ruffles. I really what? liked doing that with cottage cheese. Ruffles. Oh, but the cheddar sour cream ruffles are my favorite chip, so that sounds delightful. Yeah, and then if you do it with cottage cheese, it's like a little protein snack. Oh, really? I was thinking it sounds like a four-cheese pizza, where you're like, just put more cheese on the cheese. Yeah, it's not good for you, but (laughs) it is like a four-cheese pizza, um, because you are eating just, like, chips, but uh, maybe the cottage cheese helps you fill up faster, so you eat fewer chips. Oh, that's fair. When I decide to eat healthy, I'm more of a what can I add to a thing to make it better for me and not what can I take away to make this sadder, you know? Like, I don't look for the unhealthy thing to take away. I take the unhealthy thing and I say, what can make this a more adequate meal or snack? I've Like a more that. nutritionally beneficial. Yeah. I've heard that as a tip for, like, eating well. You shouldn't make your food less or more sad. You should make it... You should add to it so that it's more healthy. Raquel's nailing it. I'm doing it. I'm sure at least five different nutritionists that do TikTok have said that. So (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's where we get all of our life advice these days. So why not stick to it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this episode of all of our episodes has been maybe the least show focused, especially for how much I'm loving the show, right? like every moment of it. Um, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? I'm looking through my notes to try and desperately find anything to talk about this show. And, ooh, I guess I will say, to round it out, when I think of Jung Bom, I do think of his bad traits. But these episodes did help me realize how sweet and lovely he is. Like, when he walks around the house, that's totally just a really cool moment. That was his Superman moment, just being like, I remember everything my grandpa ever said to me about how to care for a home. And it's like, okay, he's good. He's redeemed himself fully in my eyes. Yeah. Like, he's got encyclopedic knowledge on so many things, including some important stuff, some important wisdoms that his grandfather imparted. So it's good. It's all good. His... Slate is clean. He's a good boy. And Bora, similarly, she had a rough start for this show, but then they came in hard with stuff to make us absolutely love her forever. So we are yep. Team Jungbom and Bora. And um, I don't know if I want them to be together, but I like that he has a crush on her. That's very cute. Yeah, that's also, that's wholesome. This show is wholesome. The only thing I don't appreciate is that they've made an impossible love triangle that I don't know how to feel about. I, I it was so conflicted. much easier when the love triangle had a, had a clear <laughs> favorite. Yes! <laughs> like you're like, I know which one she likes, but just wait till she finds out that the other guy likes her. Then it'll get and good. And has been doing so many cute things for her, like showing up when she needs him most yes oh it's so cute waiting up for her to make sure she gets home safe after studying that's too cute it's all too cute my heart take damn it take come on you gotta move (laughs) (laughs) take you gotta be sad you gotta leave the neighborhood i'm sorry i don't i can't no i I can't live without him yeah i love him so much doesn't know how to button a shirt. It's adorable. I didn't like that. I I thought that they did a very clever job of being like, he's a genius, but not at everything. He's only really good at Go. But I thought there were some things that he would be very good at, including buttoning his shirt, because he travels so much. And so he's mm-hmm. very independent in some areas. So I think like... When Jung Han's mom gives him soup and she's like trying to tell him how to heat it up and being like, don't put this big metal tub in your microwave, please. That's reasonable to be like, he has no idea how cooking works because he's never had to cook a day in his life. And he doesn't know how this Walkman works because he's never used a cassette player. But I think there should be more things that he's like really good at doing by himself because he always travels the world alone and like who's buttoning his shirts on competition day take that's who's buttoning his shirts (laughs) give this boy something give give him a little bit of independence yeah he can put his shoes on the right feet i feel like the way he dressed at the end of episode six was very much like yeah 
Take knows how to dress up in style because he travels yeah, the dude. freaking world and he's got money. Scarf and peacoat and he's got looking real good. He's got like what? Yeah, because he just went to Tokyo yesterday. And <laughs> he bought the exact thing he saw on the mannequin. It was just that easy, and now he's wearing <laughs> it. Like, give him those little things, please. I need them, please. I love take so much. I do too. It's, it's an impossible love triangle. It's impossible. Who are we supposed to root for? We have nothing and no one. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the next two episodes. I feel like we're holding our listeners hostage by going this long. Yeah, it's been a long episode, but thanks for hanging in there with us. And if you want to help us survive this love triangle with words of encouragement of the of the non-spoiler spoilery variety uh you can email us at planonkpodcast at gmail.com yeah if you want our pre-ramble which we mentioned much much earlier in the episode you can get access to that and other bonus content on patreon.com slash playonk yeah and then uh we have our website where you can find our affiliate links. There's a couple of them that we want to call out, like Skillshare, if you want to learn a new skill. We also have Blueberry Podcasting if you're interested in starting a podcast. Uh, let us know if you do that. And then we have our new one, which we went on at length about, so I won't hold everyone hostage for too much longer, but still super excited about it. Soul Box, Soul like the city in, in Korea. And, uh, it's a subscription box. You can get, like, Korean snacks, or they also have more lifestyle-geared boxes to get cool, like, Korean beauty products and some K-pop merch and just, you know, fun, cool lifestyle stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that's Soulbox. Uh, and then you can find the link, all of that, at playonk.com. Yeah! You can find us on Instagram at PlayOnKPodcast, on Twitter at PlayOnK, or on TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily, just to give us a hey! Yeah, and then uh, the absolute freest way to help us out, if you're so inclined, is to give us a five-star rating and review or subscription or whatever the case may be, wherever you listen to our podcast. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. Yeah, thanks as always for listening. We will see you next week with the next two episodes of Reply 1988. Yeah, K-bye. K-bye. Bye-bye.